Thank you all so much, and I thank the, the girls on the praise team. By the way, the girls on the praise team also helped us in Vacation Bible School. Grace helped, and another young lady, Savannah, helped. Lily, was there some? Help me. Jalen? Okay, I got her name wrong, so should have been up here today. But uh, uh, Lily Kate had her foot hurt, but even the first night she came and helped uh, sing. And so, look, we just had a great week, and uh, this is just, uh, to me, it was just a blessing, especially to hear the, the, the kids sing. So uh, that, that touches my heart. For the, this is the fourth week that we've been uh, in a series called Eschatology, the Study of Last Things. Uh, eschatology is a big word, but it's like biology. Bios is a Greek word. Theology, theos is a Greek word. And eschatos is the Greek word in, used in the New Testament for last, last things. And so we've been talking about last things. We've talked about death and what happens when a person dies. When a person dies, we said the soul leaves the body. And then we, the next week, we talked about what happens after that. We talked about the life beyond because the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, there's an after that. And we talked about that. And we'll talk more about that in the days ahead as well. And then last week, we talked about the resurrection of the body. And uh, we talked about what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, that the event that the all of creation is looking forward to is the redemption of the body. All creation groans for that, waits for that, when the body of the believer is raised from the dead. Jesus said he identified when that would happen. We looked at four different passages of Scripture from the 6th chapter of John, one passage from the 11th chapter of John. Jesus said, the one who believes in me, I will raise him up on the last day. And then Paul also said that the second coming would happen on the last day. The resurrection of the dead would happen at his coming. Now, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to begin talking about the second coming. Nobody can pin down the time of the second coming because Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour, but that doesn't mean there's not a day and not an hour because the Bible talks about that day that will happen. There are events that will take place prior to our Lord's coming. There are events that will take place after our Lord's coming and at his coming. The Bible is very consistent about these. Now, one of the things that's really important to my heart is that I like to let the Bible speak. I don't think you could ever should ever bring your interpretation to the Bible and make the Bible match your interpretation. I think you should always adjust your interpretation to fit what the Bible says. Let the Bible be in charge and let the Bible speak. And so we're going to do that today. Uh, some of you have heard about multiple comings uh, of the Lord, a secret coming when only believers will know about it, and then a second coming later. And then uh, there will be those, some people say, will have a second chance after the Lord comes. We're going to see what the Bible says about that and try to clarify. Uh, and so let me just begin by asking you to look with me at uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. I want you to just see what the Bible says about how the second coming closes out everything. It closes out everything. Jesus said, and just as it happened in the days of Noah, 
so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And they, until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus said, it's going to be just like that. The opportunity was over. In Matthew chapter 25, we're just going to look at one verse from Matthew 25. Jesus told a parable about ten virgins. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. They were getting ready for a wedding. And five of them had oil in their lamps. And five of them didn't have oil in their lamps. They were not ready. The announcement came, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And the five foolish virgins that didn't have oil in their lamps, they were shut out. The door was shut. The opportunity was over. And so Jesus says, be on the alert then, for you do not know the day or the hour. You don't want that happen to you. There was one coming of Christ into the world. He came as a babe in Bethlehem. There will be one return of Christ into the world. The last days of the, the last day of the last day will be the return of Christ. The Bible says, according to Jesus, the resurrection of the dead will happen on the last day. According to Paul, the resurrection of the dead will take place at his coming. We read about that last week. Now, this uh, rapture of the church, as you've heard about, because you'll not find that word anywhere in the Bible if you do a search in your Bible and look for the word rapture, it's not in there. It will take place at his coming. His coming will mark the end of the world, the destruction of the world, and the beginning of final judgment. And we'll try to look at all the scriptures. There's a lot of scripture that we're going to look at. And we're going to look at this morning the words that describe Jesus' coming. Because some people say that based on these words, they all refer to something different or a different time when Jesus comes. So we're going to reconcile these words. And what I'm going to show you is that they all refer to one event. The first word is a Greek word called parousia. You see the English word as it's spelled out, the Greek word at the bottom, and you see the meaning of it. It means coming or arrival or presence. Now, what we're going to be doing is following not my notes, not Schofield's notes, but we're going to be looking at what the Scripture says, and I'm going to be showing you what the Bible says. So hear these words, and this particular word is used more than any word in the New Testament to refer to Jesus' coming. It's used 17 times. It's used by Jesus, it's used by Paul, it's used by Peter, it's used by James, and it's used in the 24th chapter of Matthew as the disciples begin the discussion with Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. And they say to Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And the word is parousia. What is the sign of your presence, your arrival, your coming? Uh, and so in Matthew chapter, chapter 24, verse 27, Jesus uses the same word when he says, For just as lightning comes out of the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. This is his parousia. That's simple enough. Now, I raise that issue because there's some who, who would say, well, there's going to be a time when Jesus comes and no one will see him but the church. And then there's going to be a time when Jesus comes when everybody will see him. Well, let's look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, and let's look at the time when everybody will see him. We see Revelation 1, 7, it says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn on account of him. That's the second coming 
of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1-7. So, but the, the event in Revelation chapter 1-7 is the same event that Jesus talks about in the 24th chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24, verses 43 and 44. Jesus said, But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Now coming here is a verb. I know you can't see that in English, but in the Greek it's a verb. It's not the same word as when the disciples said, what is the sign of your coming? It's not the same word because it's a noun there and it's the word parousia. Here it's just a Greek word that means when are you going to come? When, when is the, when is you, what is, you know, it's a verb, just trust me, it's a verb. For the Son of Man is coming, that's a verb, is coming. That's just a very simple verb, just like in the book of Revelation. Behold, he is coming and every eye will see him. We'll look at some more scripture in just a minute. Now the word parousia refers to the second coming of the Lord Jesus in James 5, 8 when he says the coming of the Lord is near. And in 1 John, it's that word that's used. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, he encourages all of us to live in such a way that we do not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. That's also the word parousia. When Paul speaks of his coming in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, he says his coming will be like this. He will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the word he uses is this same word, parousia. Now, either of those, either of those uh, passages, you can see clearly what it's saying in any of these as we look at them. Now, here's a lengthy passage that we need to look at. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 13. And you say, well, this should be simple. Well, it should be simple, but there's so many passages of Scripture that when you talk about the second coming, you need to look at all of these and see, you can't look at any one passage of Scripture and say, aha, here it is, or aha, there it is. And I'm going to show you that clearly in just a moment. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Peter is talking about, he's using this same word, parousia. He says, know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his parousia coming? Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when, when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But the present, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. What promise is that? It's the promise of his coming. He's not slow, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, that's his coming. 
It's his coming, his parousia. That's what he's talking about. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. It's like coming like a thief, right? Like a thief, so you better be ready so your house won't be broken up. He's coming like a thief. And what's going to happen when he comes? The heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be destroyed with intense heat. And the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what ought a sort of people ought you to be? He says, you need to be looking for and hastening the coming, the parousia of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements with intense heat. All of these, this one word refers to this event that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24, to the event that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and to this event that Peter talks about in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 18. But some people say, oh, but there's another word, and this other word changes everything. Well, we're going to look at that other word, and then we're going to make some practical applications, so hold on. And the other word is epiphany. You've heard that word? You might hear somebody say, man, I just had an epiphany. Well, if you have an epiphany, you know what that means? It means, man, I just had a good idea. That's the way we use it. But that's not what the word means. The Greek word means appearing in glory. And it means maybe that Jesus just appeared to me in glory and told me something. Well, this is what the word epiphany means, appearing in glory. And some people say that his parousia, his coming, is different than his appearing. Now, maybe you don't, but... Some people do, so we're going to look at it. So we're just going to look and see where this word appears. And so it essentially means to appear in glory. We find this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I'm just going to give you a few instances. Paul, writing to Timothy, said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his epiphany, his appearing, his appearing in glory. Is his appearing different than his coming? I'll let you decide in just a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, Paul said, In the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his epiphany, his appearing, his appearing in glory. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Paul wrote to Titus and said, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope. What's the blessed hope? The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's his appearing. Some people say his appearing is different than his coming. Is it? I'll let you decide. In each case, the word used is epiphany. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. He says that you keep the commandment without stain. He's telling us how to live or reproach until the appearing, the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Remember, we're trying to find out if these are talking about two different events or the same event, I think we can settle it at this next passage of Scripture. And this next passage of Scripture is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. So this is important because what if the same word 
the same two words occur in the same sentence to talk about the same event, then it's not two different events, it's the same event. So let me show you. He says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming, and there he uses the word parousia, of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together to him. That's what we refer to as the rapture of the church, right? Our gathering together to him. That you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us that to the effect that the day of the Lord, the parousia, has come because don't let anybody tell you it slipped up on you and you missed it. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was with you, I was telling you these things, and you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed? For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay we're going to find both words in the same sentence. With the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the epiphany of his parousia. You see that? Same word. Two, both words in the same sentence. By the appearing of his coming or by the brightness of his coming. Sometimes it's translated, but it's the same Greek word. Talking of two words, same event. The same event. Now, there's another word. One other word. And that word is... Apocalypsis, and it means unveiling or revelation or manifestation. As a matter of fact, it is this word that forms the root word of the title of the last book of the Bible. The last book of the Bible is the apocalypse, the revelation of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that word just means unveiled, suddenly unveiled or revealed. Well, is the unveiling, the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ... Is that different than his coming? Is that a different event? Well, let's let the scripture speak for itself. We're going to see about three uses of this, and then we'll stop this and go somewhere else. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul uses that word. He says, we are awaiting eagerly the revelation, the apocalypsis of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The revelation is the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, his appearing, his epiphany, his parousia. All right, so let's look at one other passage of Scripture. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 7, uh, I'm in chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. The Lord Jesus will be revealed. He will be apocalypsis. He will be unveiled. He will be manifested. He will appear, he, not an appearance, but a revelation from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Now, here's a question. Why would Jesus come in flaming fire? Well, why wouldn't he? We think of Jesus coming in flaming fire, and that's all scary to us. 
But you go back to the Old Testament time when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and there was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. What was the pillar of cloud? It was the presence of God. What was the pillar of fire? It was the presence of God. And so what do you see when you see Jesus coming in flaming fire? You see our great God and Savior Jesus Christ coming. He will come in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When? When is that? When he comes to be glorified in all his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. So what I want you to see is these events talk about one great event, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll try to answer in the days ahead what the world will be like when he comes, what will happen prior to his coming, uh, and what will happen after he comes. But four things I want to say in closing this morning about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Number one, it will be a personal coming. A personal coming. We're trying to make this practical now on the basis of all the verses that we've looked at. No more verses on the screen, just these statements. It'll be a personal coming. Why do we say that? Because Jesus said, Paul said, he wrote in 1 Thessalonians, the Lord himself will descend from heaven. He's not going to send somebody. He's going to descend personally. Also, Jesus said in John 14, he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul talked about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. It is a personal coming. Second, it is a visible coming, not a secret coming. Listen to what the angels told the disciples. You remember Jesus after he rose from the dead for 40 days he appeared to his disciples the bible says through many infallible proofs and on that last day he ascended to heaven in a cloud and the disciples were dumbfounded they were looking up to heaven as jesus ascended and the angels said to them beginning in verse 10 of acts chapter 1 as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going behold two men in white clothing stood beside them and they said men of galilee <clears throat> Why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. In other words, he, he, a cloud received him out of their sight. He will come with clouds. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Behold, he's coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will mourn on account of him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31, And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Then all tribes of the earth will mourn. Then they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. The Bible is very consistent in what it talks about. It's not complicated. Jesus is coming personally, visibly, third, suddenly, and unexpectedly. 
Some equate the idea of coming like a thief in the night as a secret coming, but when you put those passages side by side, you see he talks about the thief coming and destruction coming at the same time, the thief coming and families being separated, divided. We'll look at one place, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you're all sons of the light and sons of the day. We're not of night or darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and be sober. When we also think of the suddenness of his coming, we also think of him coming, as he said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, he said, as lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Is lightning something you expect? Did you know while we were having Bible school out here a couple of weeks ago, Richard and Neil, I don't know which one the Lord was aiming at or if he missed or what, but they were sitting out under the covered drive, and while they were sitting out under the covered drive, lightning struck the flagpole at the post office, and they saw the sparks fly. You know what they should have done? They should have run inside the house and said, Hey, look, everybody, lightning's about to strike the light pole at the post office. Come and see. They didn't have time for that. Because when lightning strikes, it's in the twinkling of an eye. There's no time to get ready. That is the way the Lord will come. But that leads us to the next and final point. It will be a glorious and triumphant coming. We're told in Luke chapter 21, verse 27, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The Lord will be, in 1 Thessalonians 1, 7, He will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire in verse 10 when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day and to be marveled at among all those who believed. So we're looking for that glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It'll be sudden and unexpected, Glorious, visible, but personal. In light of that, one final passage of Scripture. Jesus said, Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve, have them recline at the table, and that he will come up and wait on them, whether he comes in the second watch or in the third, and finds them so. Blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, and this refers to our responsibility to our own families. He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let's pray.